Hello, and welcome back to the No Score Review Show. Hi. I'm your host, Nick Green. Uh, Joining me today is Matt Schmidt. Welcome back, Matt. Hello. Good to be here again. Today, we are reviewing Asteroid City, Wes Anderson's latest film. Um, I would say, uh, well, okay, first of all, uh, general thoughts and expectations will be had first off, and then we'll kind of get into spoiler territory, so... We'll do an explicit spoiler warning before mm-hmm. we give away any plot details. Um, but uh, yeah, we uh, were talking about Asteroid City. I uh, was highly anticipating this film. I am a big Wes Anderson fan. So uh, anything he puts out, I'll, I'll uh, be a butt in the seat for, I think. Um, so uh, yeah, I was really excited for this one. Um, but Matt, I was telling you earlier today, I, uh, don't know if I was 100% in the right mood for yeah. when I went and saw it. Um, we'll get into a little bit more detail later on, but, uh, it's not like one of, it didn't blow me away. It wasn't one of my favorites. Um, it's kind of a middle of the road one for me. It's like, it's perfectly good Wes Anderson, I would say. Um, but if you want to like, if you... Uh, were to ask me like if this or which uh, Wes Anderson films to start with, this probably wouldn't be in the top three, maybe not even top five. I don't think I have to look at my list again, but um, yeah, I uh, still really enjoyed it, but uh, yeah, I think it's probably more middle of the road for me and I might end up liking it more on the rewatch. Um, Matt, what about you? General thought expectation. I, I would consider myself a fan of Wes Anderson, although mm-hmm. I think I was a bigger fan of him back in the mid 2010s, I would say. Okay. Um, I got into him when Grand Budapest and Moonrise Kingdom, like when those came out, I remember seeing those uh, gotcha. and was very blown away because mm-hmm. it was so different and unique. And I feel like since then, it has been more of the same different and unique style of his so faithfully recreated that is no longer different and Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel unique because so many other people have now been doing his style. Right. So I, I was kind of underwhelmed by Isle of Dogs when that came out for sort of that very reason. Mm -hmm. And for that reason, I didn't see the French dispatch. You haven't seen it at all. Haven't seen it. Interesting. I just okay. felt uh, no urge to see it. The subject matter didn't cool. grab me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just looked like more of the same from him. So I felt like I probably have seen it. I don't know what this movie is going to offer me that I haven't gotten from his stuff before. Mm-hmm. But um, the trailer for Asteroid City definitely got me um, a little more hooked. I'm a big fan of the retro uh, futurism aesthetic and totally. the desert too. scene. And it seemed like a, a much more my style kind of story or what I would mm-hmm. have wanted from Wes Anderson. Right. And uh, so I, I kind of went in it with middle of the road expectations as well. It didn't look right. like it was going to blow me away, but it also looked like it would be fun. And I think it met that for me. Uh, sure. Was not blown away. I agree. It probably would not be in my top five of his, but at the same time, if you like his style, then you'll probably like it. Cause that's what you're going to get. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, 
uh, with the last few films of his in like release order. I would say for me, it hasn't so much been a decline as it has just been a plateau. Yeah, I would think Um, like I honestly ever since uh, uh, Grand Budapest, I think like that was like the high note. And then it just kind of like kept going there. Maybe it took like a little dip down, but like I would say they're all very consistent. And I think I, I don't know what, what the mentality behind like Wes's motivations with each of the films are if like he just finally close my oh, yeah. window quick because i heard somebody start up a lawnmower outside <laughs> okay pause for the rb <laughs> all right intermission's over <laughs> intermission hope every, the first hope everyone minutes. was able to uh, go to the bathroom and grab yeah, their snacks similarly to the intermission to in the movie the optional yeah intermission, intermission optional yeah yeah um yeah i would say they've all been very consistent in their style and execution i don't know if it was just a matter of him finally finding that like maximum efficiency uh so to speak for how he does his movies and he just has landed on that and is like okay i'm just gonna do that and then uh whenever i come up with some sort of script then we'll go and shoot it with, with my bag of tricks and tools and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I would say definitely, uh, more of a plateau in terms of the quality. I really enjoyed uh, French dispatch when I saw it, uh, in theaters. Um, I don't know that. I mean, like I haven't watched it since it came out. Um, so it might, uh, hit different on a rewatch. I, uh, I, it definitely, I think I like, yeah, I like it more than like Isle of Dogs and Asteroid City, obviously. Um, But it's still, I think the anthology nature of it was like the driving force behind it feeling unique enough at the time. I don't think I had seen a Wes Anderson film in like months uh, prior to that, though. So it it probably also packed a bit of a punch at that time as well. So, Um, but yeah. I would say I would still definitely recommend Asteroid City to any Wes Anderson fans who for some, like if, if you were for some reason hesitant, but love Wes Anderson, then I would say like, if you, if you go in expecting like what he's done within the last few years, then I don't think you'll be disappointed. It very much hits like every beat and every note and every kind of style choice that you would expect. So if you go in uh, hoping for that, then I think you'll be pleasantly uh, satisfied on that front. Um, but, uh, I think at this point is where we'll kind of get into more detail with our, uh, more specific nitpicks for the movie itself. Um, so this is where we'll be, we'll put the, uh, official spoiler warning up. If you don't want to know anything about asteroid city going in, then pause the video or podcast here and come on back once you've seen it. Matt. What are some highlights and lowlights for you? First of all, cough warning. <laughs> <laughs> We're playing it fast and loose with this yeah. episode, folks. Yeah. Um, highlights, I would say, uh, you know, very well-rounded cast. I felt mm-hmm. that even though a lot of people weren't in it very often, everybody was very well utilized in their roles, unlike mm-hmm. how I felt about 
something like The Northman, uh, where it had okay. a great ensemble cast, but I thought a lot of people were underused in it. Interesting. Uh, I think a lot of the jokes hit. Uh, yeah. It's one of those movies that I think has something that's there for everybody. In mm-hmm. my screening, there were a lot of things that I laughed at that not very many people laughed at, and a lot of jokes that I didn't laugh at that other people were laughing at. Yeah, I noticed so that too, actually. My theory was kind of the same. Yeah, it's very much a, like you will find certain things funny and, and not, and everybody's going to have a different experience and react differently to certain um, you know, certain gags. I don't think well, I've talked to anybody that has said their favorite joke was the same. Like everybody has had a different favorite moment. Really? Okay. Movie. Which cool. I think is cool. Um, and uh, yeah, the pacing was great. I can't tell if I liked the sort of framing device they gave of this movie. Of yeah, okay. It be a movie within the world and everything. I so that, would have liked it more if they just stuck within the one universe. That was one of my biggest gripes, I would say, with the film. Is upon like the first watch of it it'll probably sit a little bit better, like having a bit more context around it. But yeah, that was a bit jarring for me. And there was just a lot that, I mean, like speaking about the ensemble cast, there is a lot of characters in this film. Oh yeah. So like at times, uh, like the framing device was one thing for like kind of taking me out of, not taking me out of the movie, but like taking me out of the movie within the movie a little bit. Um, just the sheer amount of characters alone, like even if you were just in, and I think it just being an asteroid city actually could have helped uh, not being overwhelmed with that amount of characters. Yeah. Um, because I think there, like there's not, like we do have our main, uh, anta- or not antagonist, protagonist in the family, um, like the Seamback family, but I still think we jump around quite a bit to other characters throughout the film. And I don't think it, the film has as strong of a like central tie, I would say. Yeah. As maybe some of his other films have. Um, like even in the short segments of each different um, French dispatch story, like you still get like very, and I mean, I guess maybe the short form lends itself to that is like, you don't have any time to spend on any other characters. Um, but like, there's just a better focus in some of his other work with, yeah. with his protagonists. So, um, but yeah, I, I appreciated the diverse, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for here is, but like, I just, I guess just the diversity of like the, the framing device having its own look and feel and like, uh, kind of story it's telling mm-hmm. alongside the play itself, which was cool. I appreciated the concept of it. Um, and I'll probably warm up to it as I rewatch it, but yeah, that was probably one of my biggest, uh, gripes. Um, touching back on the highlights though, the man, it was a funny movie. Wes Anderson makes some some funny movies. It had some good chuckles. Definitely. Yeah. I would say I, I'm, I would say probably, uh, I was doing a re reread of the, uh, plot synopsis cause I was trying to jog my memory as to what actually happened, but the, the pacing, uh also like was a little iffy for me like it 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 wasn't like breakneck necessarily but it was just maybe it was just the amount of characters we jumped between and then the framing devices as well which um stunted the pacing for me a little bit at times 
but uh, the um, the humor was really well done in the uh, the film overall. I, I lost my train of thought immediately as soon as All I right. said that. No problem. It happens. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, what is his point here? I don't know. <laughs> I just trailed stuff. off super hard. Um, just touching on the humor, though, because that's at the forefront of my brain. Um, I would say, like, one of my favorite jokes was uh, the... Um, I don't know what they were called. The oh, the stargazers or whatever, the junior stargazers. Like one the of them. Kids. Yeah, yeah. When they're yeah. Uh, talking to the guard at the the phone box, and they like trick him into uh, putting the coin in the in the telephone box. The, yeah. the soldier just gives him his gun. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> that was fantastic. I love that great moment of visual comedy. Um. But and then they also like, subvert that too by like you think, oh, he gave him the gun, so yeah, now nothing he actually happens. Use the gun, but, yeah, yeah. But they don't. They still. Yeah. So it's like an extra level of uh, absurdity on top of it, which was yeah. great. Yeah, that was really I, good. I think my favorite part was definitely um, when uh, Tom Hanks's character, the grandpa, first shows up. And he's talking to uh, Jason Schwartzman's character. I can't remember. I don't know any of the actual character names. Just right. The actor yeah, yeah, yeah. Played them. Uh, it's one of those movies where, like, you know, you won't. They, they throw movies. names at you a mile a minute. And yeah. Like, like, I have enough trouble just like remembering somebody's name after I met them. Right. For like the first couple days, if there's more yeah. than one person that I'm meeting at one time, I'm gonna mix them up. Yeah. Uh, so with this movie. It's very hard. But when Tom Hanks first arrives, he has that frustrating conversation that's very like calm and, and sort of relaxed and, and logical. And then right at the end, Tom Hanks just goes <laughs> and he goes like he wants to choke Jason Schwartzman and just out of nowhere and then he's back to normal and I just yeah. lost my shit in the theater. At that. I laughed the hardest out of anybody at that for sure. That A lot of people good. did not find it funny apparently because not many people were laughing at that but I thought it was the best joke. <laughs> um, yeah, touching on uh, like the not remembering names like Wes Anderson also writes in a very like quirky way sometimes where he'll like uh, in it in layman's terms, he'll be like, this is a story about a play featuring these characters in this setting and that type of like through line in his yeah. like um, in his script writing. Uh, but like, I think there's a, a ceiling with that where like it gets too quirky where it's like almost impossible to actually like uh ingest what they're actually communicating to you right and yeah. i mean it also part of it like plays into um actor delivery and everything too right um but yeah that was another thing that was kind of like you can get lost in it very easily if you're not like being very attentive oh yeah um i definitely missed some shit near the end yeah totally well, especially when it gets uh, like very, um, like what's the word? Uh, just like existential <laughs> at the very end too. Yeah, that was uh, that was pretty heavy. It it didn't like come out of nowhere. Like it did a relatively good build up and everything. But um, yeah, 
other highlights for me, I would say the the city itself was really great. This is a yeah. gorgeous looking film. Um, I like it felt like a character in and of its own. Yeah. Like if it was a very singular location, very iconic and memorable right off the bat. Um, there's lots of little details of like the burnt down uh, cabin number seven with the tent and the mm-hmm. weird uh, vending machines uh, set up along the side, right? Um, and like the faulty half constructed road that is right next to an auto <laughs> yeah, repair shop ramp that goes to nowhere. So you're like, which one did they build first? Like yeah. they must have had so many people driving off that ramp and damaging their cars that they're just yeah. like, well, I guess we got to build a mechanic shop here. <laughs> um, that reminds me to another one of my favorite uh, consistent gags with the film is the car chase. Yeah, that was great. I laughed every <laughs> so, time. Yeah. Every time I heard the gunfire, I was like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that the set design on this one was very well done, and the production design overall uh, was fantastic. Um, I'd say production design-wise, this is probably my favorite next to Grand Budapest. I Yeah, I would agree. I would say that, and I mean... I don't know if you could necessarily compare these to like the stop motion films. Cause like, I love the look of fantastic Mr. Fox. Right. Um, but like comparing those two together, it's like apples and oranges almost yeah, a little it's a bit. It's a whole different beast. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, definitely in its own right. It's it, I would say it might be arguably next to uh, grand Budapest, like the most um, singular like look for his film because like or his films because a lot of them don't have quite that like punchy like iconic location at least not like uh off the top of my head anyway um like moonrise kingdoms just like an island right like a coastal yeah. island uh steve zisu is i guess the ship the ship is um, pretty iconic yeah in its own way yeah um but yeah and then like then there's like Isle of Dogs, which I just think of trash every time I think of Isle of Dogs. Garbage. Even though I like, even though I like the film, I <laughs> Isle of Garbage. Yeah, um, and then uh, uh, French Dispatch is like an anthology, so it's like it's a lot of different place. looks. Yeah, um, but yeah, the titular city was very well done. Easily, like probably the best highlight for me. Um, and uh, yeah. What else? Uh, I love, love the like alien twist of having it like be like actual stop motion too. Yeah, that was good. Um, I love the little pose with the, the asteroid. With the camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A lot of the visual comedy was really well done in this one. Yes, I agree. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a think about it. The big, the big uh, low light for me was the like um, the framing device and the pacing overall for me. The yeah. uh, the uh, cast amount, but uh, yeah. Do you have any other kind of highlights or lowlights you wanted to touch on at all? Mm, I mean, I just adding on to the uh, the framing device. I guess um, to me, it just felt a lot like a cop out in a lot of situations. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're reaching the climax here. What are we going to do? Oh, we're going to cut away and we're going to explain the emotional climax to you through a right. monologue. And then we'll cut back after the actual 
physical climax has ended and we just mm-hmm. see afterwards. <coughs> Pause for cough. <coughs> um, yeah, I just felt like a lot of times and like the cutting to intermission. What, and then it just picks up immediately afterwards. It's like mm-hmm. he doesn't know how to end the scene within the scene. So he needs to cut away to some other storyline right and use it to explain something to you more directly about the Mm -hmm. characters and i mean i don't know maybe that's just really what he wants to do and he likes because he does do the story within a story thing often Mm -hmm. like grand budapest hotel has like what three layers in it yeah um yeah so i don't know maybe he just enjoys it but i would prefer to go back to more just straightforward like give us a world it can be quirky like i don't know really what this whole actor stage play background thing really had to do or how or what it, it added to the story to like, yeah yeah i feel like everything could have been handled within world and then they could have made it an actual retro futurism story instead of just a play that is taking place Mm-hmm. where it was made in the 50s or wherever i don't know i think that was also kind of a misleading marketing thing too because they don't tell you any of the the like wrapper of the story in the trailer. yeah yeah none of the black and white stuff yeah so then you just start the movie and you're like oh well this is already a completely different movie than what i was mm-hmm. expecting to come into yeah and you sort of have to adapt to it after that um, or like another direction you could have taken maybe is like um lean into that meta uh, a little bit more because like we get that one scene where Jason Schwartzman like uh opens the like door to the set right and it's like yeah. uh it cuts between like the the asteroid city world and the the uh, stage play world yeah i think doing that more maybe could have tied them together a little bit better um and like brought us into a more localized space of playing with those two things together, because like you said, they're very stilted at points where it was just like, okay, cut to black. And then it's this completely other time and place. Right. Um, or if the whole, um, like the rapper, I'll just refer to it as that the rapper mm-hmm. story was happening all chronologically with the play, like, cause we jump from past right. to present to past again and then present. But if they had that, black and white story happening in between acts mm-hmm. like in real time between the scenes of the movie like the finale does when he walks off the stage and then misses his cue and has to come back mm-hmm. if we kept doing that the whole time i think that would have added a more immediate element to it sure because it just feels like we're waiting around a lot for yeah. stuff and it, it really uh I don't know. It, it distances you from the movie and I make it, uh, or I find it a little bit hard to make an emotional connection sure. with any of the characters in that way, because it feels so detached and because we keep going in and out of the world mm-hmm. and like, okay, this isn't real. Who should I be connecting with the character or the actor playing him? Totally. Yeah. And you're like, that's a great point. Cause like, lost. that's how I felt about Augie pretty much the whole time is like, I didn't quite like 
cross that line of like really connecting with him, right? Yeah, because you know it's not real. Yeah, in the movie. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah, very. Yeah, happy. I uh, I would say overall as kind of a like segue into sort of wrapping things up. Um, I still I'm still at a point where I still really enjoy his style and the way he makes movies. Um, but I think there does come a point where you can't like fall back on those uh, like safe. They're almost safe zones now, even though he does. It's very um, outside the box in terms of like the grand uh, overarching like scope of Hollywood and everything. But it's very much within his comfort zone. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't think he's really going to improve as a filmmaker if he keeps making the same safe movies that he's already mastered or however we want to say it. Like, I would love to see Wes Anderson branch out and develop his style further and do more things that we haven't seen before Mm -hmm. instead of just giving us the same stuff over and over. Because, like, yeah, you're not going to improve if you don't do different things. Like, look at the varied filmography of like Scorsese sure and how many different kinds of movies like yeah sure he might be known for the mobster movies but like the dude has done like musicals period romances animated movies animated movies he's done Mm -hmm. like almost every genre there is yep so come on Wes let's do a horror movie let's do well and it's like the other yeah, the other side of it too is like as much as you might be okay with like just making these things for the rest of your life, these uh, types of projects, I think the audiences will start to dwindle as well, right? Definitely. Like because why why would we watch uh like the 20th Wes Anderson film that's coming out if it's like basically the same sort of thing we're getting with his fifth or sixth. Yeah. Right? And like, how do you make it better if it's just yeah. the same? Like, cause he's already had several home runs. Mm-hmm. So like you can't capture that lightning in a bottle 80 times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not without like consequences, right? Like yeah. either, either you're becoming unfulfilled in the way you're doing things, or you're just not seeing the return on investment or the audience engagement. Um, so yeah, I still really enjoy it. Asteroid City was a fun time. I yeah. do really want to uh, see it again, um, but I'll have to wait until it's on streaming or whatever, because I don't really feel like going to the uh, theater again to see it. Yeah, I would not show up again. Yeah, um, but yeah, I would say it's a recommendation still for me overall, um, and uh, yeah. I think that's where we're going to wrap things up. This will be a shorter shorter show. Yep. You, although I guess with plugs and everything, you might not quite get the record for shortest Mm -hmm. review show yet, man. Shit. Yeah. That, that uh, award still is held by Shazam Fury of the Gods. Yeah. Well, how much can you really say about that? Right. (laughs) Amen. Um, All right. Where can the people find you, Matt? Uh, People can find me on letterboxd uh, at uh, wisdom nugget. Find me there. I think I'm at 699 followers if I haven't gotten another one overnight. So if you guys, if somebody wants to be my 700th, um, 
there's something um, special in it for you and it's yeah. getting to look at his profile there you go depth. you get to like my reviews and maybe yeah. i will follow you back as well yeah. who knows yep no promises um do you have any recommendations or anything um anything you've played listened to read I... watched totally forgot about this portion of the, the show because <laughs> uh, it's been so long since I've been here. Um, okay. I'd say uh, I just started watching uh, Girls on Crave with Girls. with uh, my girlfriend Ariadne. Yeah, it's a maybe you could call it a sitcom. I don't know. It's a single camera comedy show okay. uh, set in New York in the mid 2010s or so mm-hmm. and it's just all these entitled uh annoying like bratty girls and just horrible douchebag guys <laughs> all being horrible to each other and to everyone and it's like the whole it's always sunny and seinfeld kind mm, of thing okay. where like you realize oh yeah these characters do kind of suck and you're not supposed to like them and right. you just sort of like watch them cause themselves misery and and everything, and it's just a train wreck. Yeah, it's been really fun. It's actually really well written. Uh, cool. It's super funny. Really, is captured. it a new show? No, it's not. Okay. It's it started in 2012, I think. Uh, there was six seasons. It's been done. Oh uh, damn! Okay, so you've got a, a bingeable show. Yes, and there's only ten episodes a season, thirty minutes each. Uh, it was written and. Uh, created by Lena Dunham, who also stars. Okay. And she plays the lead. It's mm-hmm. also where Adam Driver got his breakout role. He's, really? uh, okay. he's a main cast member, pretty much. Damn. Uh, okay. And, You've uh, sold me alone on that. <laughs> and Chris Abbott, who you may know from uh, films such as Black Bear, It Comes at Night, Possessor, oh. and The New Sanctuary, which is about to come out if it hasn't already. He is also in it as well, where he okay. got his start. Um, there's a lot of other... Uh, special guests, Catherine Hahn, Chris O'Dowd, um, Donald Damn. Glover shows up for an episode or two, yeah. maybe more. <laughs> it is very funny. It is very um, vulgar. Lots of gratuitous sex. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> it is, but it is, boy, it, like, I was kind of a hater ahead of, ahead of time just because, I don't know, cultural opinions, memes, jokes right. that I've heard. But, yeah, yeah. um, I finally sat down, gave the pilot a watch, and I've seen now, I think, 15 episodes in the last week. So, Damn. Okay. A hearty recommendation on girls. Would recommend. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check that one out. Um, all right. Where can people uh, find you? The people can find me <laughs> wherever they are listening to or watching this episode of the No Score Review Show. I uh, will have a uh, debut uh, series video coming out. The franchise in review series is starting very soon. We're going to be reviewing Indiana Jones uh, in anticipation of the new film Dial of Destiny. I will also have uh, (laughs) Matt's blown away. He's speechless. A new show? (laughs) On YouTube.com? No way. There's not very many of those out there. No, no. Few and far between on that site. That's for sure. Um, Yeah, you could go check that out later this week uh, or the same day. I don't really know when this review is getting posted yet. 
Or um, if you're watching this a few days later than the release, maybe it's already out yet. Maybe you should just yeah, check right it's now. Already it could just be check it out. All right. Um, so yeah, we've got that in the in the bucket. I did some reviews on uh, some superhero films. Uh, the Flash uh, was my most recent uh, review as of the time of this recording. Uh, what score I, did you give it? <laughs> no, that's oh. my answer. <laughs> That's my answer to that one. Um, and then I also reviewed uh, both of the Spider-Verse uh, movies. I started a new kind of subsection of the review show, the re-review show for stuff that's already been out for a while. So I was able to review both Spider-Verse films if you want to go check those out. Otherwise, uh, you can stay tuned to the channels uh, for more summer movie reviews coming up. We've got Oppenheimer and Barbie on the horizon. I know Matt's very excited about one of those, and it's certainly not Oppenheimer. <laughs> I'm excited about both. Come on. <laughs> but Barbie is definitely more. Yeah, higher priority. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've got those coming. We've got a TMNT movie coming out later this summer. Oh, I've totally got Mission Impossible. Yeah, <laughs> most people probably did. Not me, though. I'm here to remind you. Mm-hmm, thank um, you. And we've got remind another me not to impossible review. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got against TMNT? Come on. Uh, nothing, mean, actually. I really liked the old show, uh, for sure. I actually, this is a bit... And of, the old uh, movies. I liked the old, the well, 80s and 90s So movies. I was just going to say, I this is a little bit inside baseball, but like I might do a franchise and review on that trilogy. So... Uh, <laughs> Stay tuned for that, potentially. I just keep breaking Matt's brain. I have the third one on DVD, and I watched it a little while ago. Fantastic. The best one. Oh, oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're we're getting on a tangent in the middle of plugs. Um, It's going to be a 45-minute review of just talking about other movies. Yeah. You can find me on all the socials at NoScore or at NoScore Reviews. Um, you can also, I'll give a quick shout out to my let's play channel at no score plays, where I do all of the indie game let's play content. If you want to check that out, uh, thanks again so much to Matt for joining me this episode. Pleasure. And thanks for uh, having me. thank you all so much for watching and listening. We'll see you in the next review. Bye-bye. <laughs>